pray for you, Phil. Thank you, Lord, that um, as we worship, you come and you presence yourself amongst us. And Lord, we, we don't want to come to a place where we're going to listen to Phil and expect anything less. I thank you that when your ministers speak, your very words come and pierce to our hearts and they change us. So I want to pray, Lord, that you would flood this place with your spirit, that actually we would encounter you this morning corporately. We would encounter you in a powerful way and that we would know that we have met with you this morning and we would not go away the same people. So, Lord, we pray would you come and fill, fill with your Holy Spirit. Fill him to the top. Fill him to overflowing that we might experience more of what you've got to offer. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not going to get through everything I don't think that I've got to say because it's been building up for weeks now, as you know. But it's what I do want to... I want to pick up, because what I want to speak about is one of our, clearly one of our values, something we're, we are as a church together, we want to build together, and that is to host the presence of God. And it's not that we don't already, so I kind of don't want to put anything on us that isn't already true of us, because it is that we already host the presence of God. We have a measure of his presence with us Sunday by Sunday, or where, in fact, whenever we meet together, not just when we're here together on a Sunday morning. Well, the following can be true of many churches, particularly in our nation and in a Western nation of churches where traditionalism and um, kind of bit of pomp and ceremony, if you like, bit of religious kind of setup has become the norm. It says this, believers gather with little or no expectation of encounter and those who participate are mainly the preacher, the worship leader and maybe a super sparky enthusiastic prophet. Yet people leave church meetings Sunday by Sunday saying it was a good meeting and when the worship was dull, not one gift was used and the sermon bored even the woodworm and this causing many to abandon their 50-year-old e-classical pews with, for pastures new. People are bored of church, I think. Are you bored of church? Good. <laughs> Phew. But I think many people are. They go out of duty, out of ritual. They go because it's the done thing on a Sunday. That's how I was brought up. That's what I do. Try to instill that on the next generation who don't want that because they see church as boring. As I said the other week, their only kind of concept of church is what they see on a Sunday evening on songs of praise. Very often it's not that inspiring, I have to say. And I wouldn't necessarily want to be part of that I want to be part of something different I want to read you one man's story of walking into perhaps something that is a bit more like our kind of meeting nervously I walked into a picture postcard parish Anglican church building at the invitation of a friend expecting little other than familiar carols a few outdated sayings of a carpenter from Nazareth who would that would be uh, nailed by religious, sorry, that would nail by religious inquiry coffin, fir- my coffin firmly and finally closed. Instead, I encountered the living saviour of the world and one who is king of kings and lord of lords. I was blown away. 
I fell short of breath. There was a fire kindled that melted my hardened heart. That was a different kind of service. You see, when people come in here, I, my expectation is they'll have an encounter with Jesus. When people visit us, whether Christian or non-Christian, they'll go away knowing that God's with us. You see, I want to be clear that what we're building here, Church in the Peak, Matlock, and across this area, is a dwelling place for God to dwell by his Holy Spirit. That's what we're building. That's what our purpose is. We want a place where God is free to come and do whatever he chooses to do. We want a place where he can manifest his presence however he chooses. Now that can be a little bit scary, I know. And I know things can happen that are a bit outside our comfort zone. And to be honest, I, I feel even this morning we could have pressed in a bit more in worship, but I just felt that actually there were some things I did need to say this morning before we come back. And we will come back because I believe God wants to encounter some people this morning. And it doesn't take much. We just have to make opportunity for God. We just have to open a bit of a chink of a door and God comes in and he wants to be with us. So, you know, we've been going through Acts and uh, I want to read uh, from Acts 5. You want to be just finding that if you've got your Bibles. Acts 5, 12 to 16, I'm going to read. And this is just what it was like in the early days of the church. This is how they carried the presence of God around with them. But I want to tell you a story first that I heard this week. Uh, our church that we planted in Buxton some, um, I don't know, nearly 20 years ago now, when we planted, they were, they'd been going out and doing a lot more out on the street, meeting people on the streets, really getting to grips with kind of getting the gospel out, not keeping it in the four walls of the building. And uh, one of their ladies was out on the streets just last week. And while she was you know, just giving away free sweets, just as a way to kind of interact, talk with people, and... Uh, met this couple who weren't actually from Buxton, they were just visiting, and uh, they, she just said, well, is there anything I can pray for you? And they weren't really quite sure what to pray, but she said, well, yeah, you can, you can pray for us, so she started praying a blessing on them. And this couple, it was a kind of middle-aged to elderly, I guess you would say, couple, but this lady had got gloves on, sunglasses on, kind of well camouflaged, disguised, if you like, and started praying. During the course of probably not that long, 10, 15 minutes, she probably prayed about 10 times. But as soon as she started praying, the husband was in tears. And by the end of her praying, this lady took off her gloves, took off her sunglasses, and the husband was in shock. He said she never ever leaves the house without them on, and she never takes them off in public. Because she's so scared of going out in public. She suffers from anxiety, real deep-seated anxiety, that actually to get out of the house was a big thing. And suddenly God breaks in. And suddenly she can take these things off and open herself up and show herself to people that she couldn't do before. It's the kingdom breaking in. Now it might not sound a lot, but to that woman and to that man it was a huge thing that she could do that. And you see there's lots of people out there that need that. Just simply that. Someone is willing just to pray for them. So let's read this bit out of Acts 5. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. 
And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join, dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on the cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. They were all healed. You see, it wasn't just in Jesus' day when they were all healed. Whoever came to Jesus, it says, he healed all their diseases. Actually, now we find that the apostles are doing just the same thing. And I want to say that we too, as the church, should be doing the same thing. It's not specialists. It's not the apostles. There's nothing special actually about them. They're all ministers of the new covenant. They're all ministers in the kingdom. You can all pray for somebody and see them healed, see them set free. And I want to do more of that. I, it's my heart, it's my desire that we together are doing that. It's not just about me. I thank God for the gift he's given me. I thank God for the way sometimes he uses me and he heals people through me. But it's not just me. This is for everyone. This is for you. This is for you to be a carrier of the presence of God, wherever you are. You to carry the kingdom where you go and just simply pray. Because all it takes is a grain of mustard seed of faith. That small. That amount. That's all it needs. So what did they carry? What was it that they were carrying? What was it that the apostles and the early church had that somehow in our day to day we seem not to have? We seem to lack it in some way. We have a measure, but we don't have what they had in the way I had it. But it's still the presence of God. I just believe their faith level is at a different level to ours. They're not carrying anything we haven't already got. We already have the presence. We already have the Spirit given to us. It was the promised Holy Spirit. He said, I will give you my Spirit. He'll lead you into all truth and he'll empower you. In chapter 1 of Acts, we find it says, when the Holy Spirit comes on, you will receive power to be my witnesses. Well, witnesses is not just about a verbal witness. It's about demonstrating the kingdom. Being a witness is I'm a witness of the kingdom that I'm a part of, that's been invested in me, that God's using in me and working through me, and that kingdom is actually not, it's not just words, it's actions. It's praying for the sick and seeing them healed. Praying for the oppressed and seeing them set free. It's seeing non-Christians, unbelievers, coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Because that's what the kingdom's about. So God's empowering presence. Well, for us, I guess one thing that we value and one thing that is evident Sunday by Sunday is when we come to worship. Worship has one focus. It's God and his worth. That's our focus in worship. It's coming to him, who he is and his worth. And it really is all about him. All of it. King David recognised it. He knew that when they, the people praised and worshipped, God responded and showed up. God delighted in the praise of his people, and he does today. He delights when we lift our voices and we praise and we call out on God, he comes. And David wrote this in Psalm 27 verse 4, One thing 
I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. He knew what it was, and he, he knew it was a good place to be in the presence of God. He knew it. He knew it was the best place to live. He knew it was the best place for his life where he could ask God of anything, where he was empowered, where he was equipped, where he could live that life. He knew it was better there than anywhere else. And he went on to say, Psalm 84, for one day is better in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Just one day is enough. One day is better than anything else. But we get to live every day. We get the chance, we get the choice to live every day in the presence of God. So what does it mean for us to host the presence of God? What does that look like? Well, I'm kind of learning it, I think. I'm learning it afresh. I'm trying to learn it afresh. I'm trying to follow God. I'm trying to be more in tune with what God's saying and what God's doing. And that's why for two previous weeks when I've tried to preach this word I haven't got to preach it because allowed God to break in and do what he's doing and he's going to do that again today because he's God and he loves to be with his people and he loves to do the work and actually all the prophetic we've had so far actually is God, about God wanting to do something in our lives about God wanting to break into my circumstance, my situation, yours and actually take us to a new place. In Corinthians, Paul wrote that we're being changed from one degree of glory to another. How does that happen? By encountering the presence of God. By looking on his glory. It says that, you know, they, the passage is about, said, in Moses' day, they looked through a curtain. Well, the curtain's been torn. The death of Jesus Christ is torn to bits. And we can gaze fully on the face of Jesus. We can enter fully. We have free access into the presence of God. But I guess for many of us, we don't know how to get there. We don't know how to enter that presence. We don't know how to get close into God. And lots of things stop us. Lots of things hinder us. Lots of things just get in the way so easily. You try to sit down and spend time with God in worship and in prayer. I guarantee for the first five, ten minutes, it's a battle because your mind's everywhere else. But there. Because the enemy doesn't like that. So he'll just throw everything in. I'm up at 5.30 this morning, as I usually do when I preach, because I can get up early to pray and see God, and I kind of just put it together. And um, I just, this morning, I had that battle. I know it. And I knew I was going to have that battle because I was preaching it today. And I just had the battle. That actually took some effort on my part. It took some battling on my part to break through into the presence of God, to get away with the, and do away with the thoughts and the things in my mind that would crowd in and rob me of entering into the presence of God. And just as Lynn was saying, worship is just one good way of doing it. Get your headphones on, get some worship on, and just begin to let your spirit rise. There's a song I've been listening to. It's an old vineyard song. I absolutely love it. It's just been, in my own personal time with God, it's just where I've been for the last few months. And I, just, I, I probably play this song every day. That's how it's got me now. And it's an old song by Vicky Beaton called Above All Else, Give Me Yourself. And it's become my prayer. 
become a prayer that God's, I believe now, having pressed in for it again and again, God's beginning to answer. Above all else, God, just give me yourself. Give me you. I just want you. However that leads me, however that takes me now, whatever God says to me, speaks to me, I'll flow with, I'll go with, I'll speak it, I'll pray it, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, but above all that, doing all the stuff, God, I just want you. And I want to live in your presence. And I want to be overwhelmed by you. And when I forget, and even the times I forget, I put that song on to remind me. No, no, this is what I'm for. Above all else, God, give me yourself. It's a great song. Go away, get it on YouTube. It's brilliant. Just catches you up. Because God wants you for himself. That's why he gives us himself. It's because God wants you to give yourself. Because it's about a relationship. It's not about coming and sitting in chairs that if I preach for too long, you'll be really uncomfortable and wishing I'd stop. It's not about that. It's about encountering Jesus. If we don't come and meet every time we're together and don't encounter Jesus, I'm disappointed. I really am. I go away really disheartened, really disappointed if we don't encounter Jesus and God doesn't do some stuff amongst us. Because that's what it's about. It's about him, his presence. It's his church. It's not the elders' church. It's not our church. It's not yours. It's God's church. And he's building his church. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. In fact, it will advance and it will take down those gates and it will advance right into his territory and take over what he's stolen from God and take it back. But the thing is, he's going to do it through you and me. So we've got to learn to open ourselves up and allow God in. Now there's all kinds of things, as I said, and just thoughts in our minds, but there can be fear, there can be shame, there can be all sorts of stuff that just gets in the way. Sometimes we don't feel worthy of it. Sometimes we've had a really bad week, bad day, bad hour, sometimes. And we just know, we've, we've, somehow we've created a barrier between us and God, and God wants to break through. And he's, he's not offended by your sin. He's paid for it. So he's not offended by it. He's already paid for it. It's done with. It's dealt with. He's broken the power of sin. He's done it. And because he's done that, he can set us free from it. Simple as that. So he's not offended by it. But we need to come back. And we need to repent. And we need to get straight with God. Again, that we can enter in to this place. I love David. I mean, I love reading the Psalms because it's just full of intimacy with Jesus. and With the Father. It's just full of intimacy. It's full of David being very real and honest. You really read the Psalms and he says some really thing, tough things. You know, he's, he's asking God to go and slay armies and destroy them and rip their heads off and all sorts. He's pouring out his anger on all this stuff he pulls out to God. Such intimacy. How often are we like that with God? How, how often are we that real with God? We tell him really what we feel and we shout and we rant at him. I know one or two do. No, hear Kathy laughing there. I've done it many times. I've been on the hills and I've shouted and I've ranted. I've gone on a walk somewhere where I hope nobody else is listening. Yeah. <laughs> Only God. And I've let it all out. And I've had a good, good old rant and I've poured out my heart to God. 
And even David, when he knew all this, Psalm 91, verse 1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You see, it's a safe place to do that. It's a safe place to go to God and let it all out. Let it all pour out. And I'm sure many of us are not very good at that. And even when we're, certainly when we're here, we want to try and keep it all together and hold it all in. We don't want anybody else around us seeing our stuff. And I was just sharing even with somebody uh, just uh, last week when I, was, I wasn't at the Catholic Festival last year, but the year before, uh, I usually kind of run the, we have ministry teams there that help just pray for people after when there's a call to the front, whatever there is. And uh, I was leading the team, as I have done for many years, I was leading the team. I was absolutely useless. Because from the first song, on the first day, I was on the floor in tears, and it didn't stop till the end. I was absolutely useless. Every meeting I got in, I was just on the floor. God just broke in. God was just doing something. I don't even fully, to this day, understand everything he did that weekend. But God did something. God just broke in in power. And it was, it was painful, yeah. It was embarrassing. I've got a team there that are looking for some leadership direction and I'm just on the floor and they're actually having to minister to me with others because I'm in a mess. And I'm, I'm open for that any time, God. I've learned not to be ashamed or embarrassed by it anymore. God, just break in. <laughs> just break in. I want God to break in more and more. God wants us to be a people who are known for the presence. And it might get scary. I just want to read you this from, I love this book, Bill Johnson, Hosting the Presence. It's a man who's got insights and experience of just hosting God's presence. And uh, for me, he's kind of a bit of a modern day John Wimber. John Wimber, back in the 80s, really helped the Western church to encounter Jesus and encounter the love of God and the presence of God. And, and uh, sadly, he died some years ago, but uh, you know, God hasn't forgotten. And he raises up others who can help us and lead us. I've put my glasses on for this. My eyes are not that great. Age and all. There's no greater privilege than being a host to God himself. Neither is there greater responsibility. Everything about him is extreme. He is overwhelmingly good, awe-inspiring to the max, and frightfully wonderful in every possible way. He is powerful yet gentle, both aggressive and subtle, perfect while, of, while embracing us in the midst of our imperfections. Yet few are aware of the assignment to host him. Fewer yet have said yes. The idea of hosting God may sound strange. He owns everything, including our own bodies. And he certainly doesn't need our permission to go somewhere or do anything. He is God. But he made the earth for humanity and put it under our charge. In one moment, we can find ourselves rejoicing in the dance, arms raised with heads lifted high. In the next, we are bowed down low, not because someone suggested it would be an appropriate response, but because the fear of God has filled the room. In one moment, our mouths are filled with laughter. We have truly discovered in his presence his fullness of joy. In the next, we find ourselves weeping for no apparent reason. 
Such is the walk with God. Such is the life of the one who has given himself to host his presence. His longing for partnership is at the core of the issue. It is his heart. He's a person, not a machine. He longs for fellowship. He loves to love. Just amazing. He wants to demonstrate to us. He wants us to know what it is of how to host the presence. Not just when we're together like this, but when we're out on the street, when we're in the workplace, wherever we might be, we can be carriers of the presence. We can know that love. And on Thursday night, I was with our group in Worksworth and, uh, and just read the Ephesians 3 prayer, Paul prays, that we might know the love of Christ and we might know the fullness of God in our lives. And just as I kind of read that out and began to pray, God just came in the room and I was struggling to stay on my feet because God broke in. You see, it's okay. If we struggle to stand, stay on our feet when God breaks in, it's okay. There's nothing to fear. It's just God and the weight of his presence. You just can't stand. As I said, I, I spent four days just weeping my eyes out. Every meeting, start of every meeting to the end of it, and beyond, I just in tears, wake up in tears. God doing something. God was breaking in in some way. It's okay. It's a safe place under the shadow of his wing. It's a safe place for God to start dealing with stuff in our lives that we've allowed to actually kind of mar that relationship. It gets in the way of that relationship. It gets in the way of hosting his presence to allow God to deal with it. It's a safe place under the shadow of his wing. There's no other place you can. No other place you can go and find that place of healing what Chris was saying earlier about God wants to do some surgery. I believe that's true. I'm just going to ask Jeremy, he's part of our uh, Belper group. If you'd like to just come down, Jeremy. Some of you might not know him because uh, he's fairly new joining us on Sunday, but been part of our Belper group for quite a while now. And he just shared a prophetic word with me a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's really helpful if he just shares that this morning with us. Hello, can you hear me? Okay. Um, I will share that. I just want to just pray very quickly. Lord, just pray that your Holy Spirit comes. I pray your Holy Spirit just breaks down walls in this place. Um, what I'm just going to say, which I thought you gave me, was, isn't definitive, but I just pray it will speak to people as it um, could be fresh from two weeks ago. In the name of Jesus, amen. Right, I'll just uh, find it. So this is what I felt the Lord um, shared with me last, uh, two weeks ago. Are you hungry for God's presence or scared? Probably a mixture. When Adam and Eve got the knowledge of good and evil, they had disobeyed God and hid with shame, guilt, and fear. They, they hid from him. They were ashamed of being naked, so put on some fig leaves. They felt unable to enjoy God's presence as before they, as before when, um, before they had sinned. Shame, guilt, and fear can keep us from being hungry for the presence. It closes like fig leaves, but not very well. God's response was to take care at that moment of their physical and emotional needs. He physically clothed them. Jesus was stripped naked on the cross by man who God had clothed. He took shame on himself for us. Spiritually, he freed us from shame. 
and emotionally and physically. He went through Gethsemane and uh, defeated fear. One thief, also stripped naked on a cross, honored Jesus in that place of vulnerability and instantly was forgiven and promised a place of honor to be in heaven that day. When rereading it, that, that's a bit which really struck me, that there was a, a thief on the cross who was stripped naked as Jesus was, and he deserved it, whereas Jesus didn't, but he was vulnerable and he was naked and he honored Jesus. And so that's us, you know, we're just like at that place where we can just be vulnerable with him. So there is no place for shame and fear here today or in our lives to not be hungry for God today. There is a place to enjoy God's presence. We no longer have to hide from him or his presence like Adam and Eve because our shame has been dealt with. We are free. We must not allow ourselves to rob ourselves or be robbed by the enemy of God's presence. So step forward and hide no more. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks very much. If I say the word repentance, you probably think, well, what do I need to repent of? Or maybe you know exactly what you need to repent of. <laughs> Depends where you're coming from. In Acts 3, it's interesting, in the context of all this stuff happening, miracles, signs, wonders, things happening, Peter addresses people and says, repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I believe we're in that time. I believe we're in a time when God wants to bring fresh refreshing from heaven. He wants to refresh every heart, every life. He wants to meet with us and renew us on the inside. For what God's taken us into, you see, we're not a static church. We're a church on the move. A church that God's taken into things. And, you know, my first thought when kind of things changed at the beginning of this year was, well, I guess first and foremost is we're going to be doing a bit of maintenance. And I felt so rebuked by God. And God says, you think you're going to maintain something? I'm on a mission. I'm on a journey. I'm about a great work. And I remember even when we planted Chesterfield, I did my first kind of preach series was on Nehemiah. And uh, we went right through the whole of Nehemiah. And it starts with this, that God put in his heart to build a wall, to go and rebuild the walls, and God was about a great work. And we're not to get off it, we're not to get down from the wall, we're to plough on, we're to get on, because God's about a great work. And he's about a great work amongst us. He's about a great work across this area. About a great work that he has planned for us that yet hasn't been revealed fully. We've got promises. And sometimes promises leave it a bit vague. God puts the story in as we go on. And God fills it out. God begins to explain. And we're on a mission together. But I want to say, if we're in any fear, if we've got any shame, if there's any sin issue or any sense of feeling unworthy, God wants to come and work on our hearts. He wants to meet with us. And he wants to take us on. Because there's times of refreshing for your heart, even today. Can I just ask the worship band to come back? Where they all are. <clears throat> I don't know. We've got a few minutes left. I haven't preached anywhere near what I've got. And I may get to preach next week. Who knows?
But do you want to? Do you want to know what it is to host the presence of God? Well, I've got one anyway. Great. At least one person wants to host the presence. Yeah. Okay. Two. 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 Oh, God will take two. I'm sure he'll take all of us then. <laughs> Let's stand together. Let's just welcome the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus given to the world until Jesus comes again. And he's here for each one of us. And this morning he wants to do some heart surgery. This morning he wants to bring some healing. He wants to bring some freedom. Some of you carrying all manner of fears. God wants to set you free. God wants to set you free from fear. Some of you, God wants to set you free from condemnation this morning. Just see that. It's like a weight on your shoulders. In fact, while they were praying for me in the prayer meeting this morning, I had this huge weight just came on my shoulders while we were praying. And I just felt God say people who are carrying weights on their shoulders and it's heavy and you're weighing you down and it is a burden it is a burden to you and it's all manner of things it's all manner of things all kinds of weights you've allowed to be put on you you've put them on yourself the enemy's put them on you've taken things on that you shouldn't you don't need to carry you shouldn't be carrying you can throw them off this morning. So Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come right now. Lord, we want these times of refreshing. We want the times of refreshing to come. And it's in your presence where we encounter them. It says times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. It's in your presence we're refreshed. So as we encounter you now, come Holy Spirit, I pray, right across this congregation, right now, everyone, every place, every pew, seat, where everyone is right now, Holy Spirit, would you come to us right now? Just invite him to come to you. Welcome him to you right now. If you can even say those words, above all else, God, give me yourself. Give me yourself. Give me you. I'll be satisfied with you, all of you. Just invite him now, he's here. The Spirit of God is here, moving amongst us. I can see already weights beginning to lift. Bit by bit, God wants to come and just take them off. Just name them. Some of you, you know what they are. Just name them before God. Others, you've got things on you. You don't even know what it is that's weighing you down. Just ask God to come to you right now. Come to you right now. Some of you, this shame and self and feeling unworthy. It's the same thing. Shame and unworthy. You're ashamed of how you are, what you look like ashamed of your sin things that regularly would hinder you regularly you would fall into the trap temptation God knows God knows and he's not offended he just wants to love you well he wants to love you free he wants to love you better he's coming to you right now spirit of God come just as we sing now just open your heart to God. Josie, just lead us.